The Big Fight Weekend Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network of Shows is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, Arizona, and coming soon to Louisiana. From boosted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today, bet $10, and get $200 in free bets. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you in part by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Check out the new PropSwap.com and use the promo code SGP for your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. We're also brought to you in part by Stable Duel. Stable Duel is the horse racing DFS app where you can play free and paid games for real cash prizes. You can win as much as $15,000 with a single entry. Head over to StableDuel.com to get started today. And we're also brought to you in part by the SGPN app. Just enter SGPN in the App Store or the Google Play Store to download it today. The countdown is on to fight time. This is Big Fight Weekend. Now, here is your host, T.J. Reeves. Ring the bell. We are ready to go with another weekend talking some boxing. Yes, I am fully aware that March Madness is overtaking everything this weekend. College basketball, at least here uh, engulfs the U.S., and I think a lot of people play those bracket games all over the world uh, for the basketball. It's a global sport, after all. But we're here to talk some boxing as well for this weekend because we've got fight cards. Oh, yes, we've got fight cards uh, from New York and the Madison Square Garden Hulu Theater uh, to Dubai and an IBF flyweight championship title defense for Sonny Edwards of England all the way back across the country to Los Angeles on the North American continent where whatever this Golden Boy promotion show is going to be after the injury and hospitalization of Virgil Ortiz, the top welterweight contender who's got a a serious uh, blood disorder going on right now and had to be hospitalized, they're still going to have the Golden Boy DAZN show on Saturday night. It's just not going to be the same. We're ready to talk about all the fights. We are ready to talk about all the news of the week. Showtime unveiling a massive schedule of bouts. We're ready to talk about that and much more right here on the Big Fight Weekend podcast. Wherever you found us, however you found us, thank you for doing so. Whether it was through the Sports Gambling Podcast, their network of shows, sportsgamblingpodcast.com. My thanks again to Sean Green, Ryan Kramer, everybody involved with the Sports Gambling Podcast. They help promote us. They help push us. Whether you found us there, whether you found us through the website, bigfightweekend.com, whatever the case is, social media link, thank you for doing so. Again, we come your way in the preview mode each and every week. Usually Friday, midday, we stay relevant through the Saturday night bouts. Obviously, when developments warrant, we come back in with a Big Fight Weekend podcast, maybe a recap, breaking news. If it's big enough, we are right here with all of that. To that end, you need to be following or subscribing. Apple Podcast, Spotify, Google Podcast, etc. Subscribe, and uh, you will get this thing automatically. You'll get the notification. You'll get the blinking light. You'll get the ding that we are up on Fridays talking the sweet science. So much to get to. Straight ahead, we're going to have a special guest from out on the West Coast, Manuk Akopian, back aboard on the podcast. Manuk covers the sport in Los Angeles, in Las Vegas, for the LA Times, for BoxingScene.com. We'll get his insight on the Showtime rollout of their fights. Whatever is going on in this Oscar De La Hoya Golden Boy promotion situation, we'll, we'll explore more what he knows, having covered the Virgil Ortiz 
uh, situation out there. Ortiz out of the main event. They're scrambling, trying to figure out what to do with the main event. Manuk will have thoughts on that. The title fight in Dubai. Uh, also, Regis Progre on the undercard, the former junior lightweight world champion out of Louisiana, now living in Texas. Progre all the way in the Middle East. Uh, back on the comeback trail, trying to get a world title back. He's on the undercard of that Pro Bellum show in Dubai. We'll get Manuk's thoughts on all of that. And uh, again, wherever you are, however you found us, thank you for doing so. Uh, we'll even get some fight picks in for our friends that love to short-term invest on this. We'll go over the odds. Edgar Berlanga back in action, the big, uh, powerful uh, Puerto Rican-born uh, New York uh, power-hitting super middleweight that began his career with 16 consecutive first-round knockouts. Uh, Berlanga's had to go the distance in the last couple of fights, had an injury in his last fight. He's headlining on the Saturday night ESPN top-ranked boxing show that will be going on. We'll talk about that fight, look at the odds of it. What are the chances Berlanga gets another knockout? He's fighting a veteran in Steve Rolls out of Canada. Uh, probably not going to be much opposition. Berlanga probably going to get his knockout again. We'll discuss all of that coming up let's get into it let's get it underway as we head towards the weekend here right now as promised looking forward to this conversation on a lot of different fronts if it's happening especially in the la area Manuka Kopian is all over it for the LA Times, also writes as well for BoxingScene.com, and he's back aboard on the Big Fight Weekend podcast as we get ready for another weekend. Uh, Manuk, how you feeling? Uh, we got a lot of action in the ring. We've got news out of the ring. How are things? Things are great, TJ. You know, you, your show lives up to the moniker. It's a, it, in, it is indeed a big fight weekend. The calendar is packed, and outside of boxing, I don't know how I'm going to get a social life in this weekend, but we're going <laughs> to try. You know, I understand on, on that front. And everything that you can imagine. Uh, by the way, we did put a little thought into what would we want to call a site and a podcast. So we thank you for that. And as if, uh, look, I'm a humongous college basketball guy, full disclosure, while I'm doing this interview with Manuk, I got like three screens going, but I promise I'm not trying to be ADD attention deficit disorder here on Manuk, but as, as if we don't have enough boxing, I've got the college basketball going. I've got the wife and the 13 year old twin daughters. The 13 year old twin daughters are on spring break. It is a circus brother on my end, but people aren't tuning in to hear that they're tuning in to hear about the boxing conversation and what we have going on uh for this weekend so let's get into it let's get it let's get into it and talk about it the first thing is a serious situation outside of the ring has derailed the planned saturday night main event for one of the up-and-coming a knockout artist in the welterweight division in the smaller weight classes, Virgil Ortiz. He was due to have headlined, and Manuka Kopian was due uh, to be right there ringside covering Virgil Ortiz, uh, being back in the ring, fighting a lightly regarded, light-hitting Englishman in Michael McKinson. But alas, Ortiz is suddenly ill and ill enough that he had to be hospitalized. So he is out of this fight. We're going to get into the condition why, but a lot of the air figuratively let out of the balloon here that Ortiz is off the card, not part of the main event. Golden Boy Promotions, Manu, going to try to press on with the card, but obviously it's not Ortiz headlining for them. Yeah, it's really unfortunate. Of course, any time uh, a fight falls out on fight week, it's, it's very disappointing, not only for the fighters, the fans, the promoters, everyone involved, you know, it's very unfortunate, especially because Ortiz is such a can't miss upstart contender with very high, with a very high ceiling, you know, 18 and 0 
18 KOs. And, you know, he was going to get back into the ring for the first time after having a really great 2021. He beat, you know, former world champion Maurice Hooker. He beat a uh, former world title challenger, the Mean Machine. And, you know, McKinson was a step back as far as the quality of opposition, but he planned on getting into the ring three times. They were, you know, being very vocal about fighting the likes of Errol Spence and Terrence Crawford. And unfortunately, now he has to deal with this really life-threatening injury Mm. and illness because, you know, it, it is no joke. And the fact that he has... Uh, to deal with something a lot bigger than boxing right now, it's going to be very interesting to see what the next few months look like in the future of Virgil Ortiz, because uh, this could be something that needs to be monitored throughout the, the rest of his career and life. And I'm going to bring up the name. It is called Rihab Damylosis. I hope I did close to well enough on that. So what is it? Essentially, it is when you suffer a traumatic muscle injury sometimes, there can be repercussions or an after effect. And in this case, it's an after effect of a muscle injury of some kind that has released bad protein bad myoglobin into his blood. Now I sound like a doctor, Manuka Kopian here on the podcast, but this is, this is not uh, something to be messed around with for anybody thinking that this is an illegitimate reason to be out of the fight. It, it is potentially fatal if this is untreated. So he, he wisely and those advising him when he was feeling lethargic and not feeling good and couldn't shake what was wrong, got checked out and got diagnosed with this and has been hospitalized at least for a couple of days for treatment for this rehab domylosis. Um, again, not good. It's thickening of the blood and common sense tells you when the blood thickens up and the blood flow thickens up, you're, you're risking damage to organs, if not loss of life, serious stuff for Virgil Ortiz. I mean, I love the comedy. That's what it is. Idiocy on boxing Twitter that somehow Ortiz didn't want to take this headlining fight for the payday and that there was some nefarious or stupid reason why he's making up some illness. The guy's hospitalized with something serious. I'm, I'm not on the Golden Boy payroll, but Manuk, this is this is no joke what he has. And you're right. It is something they're going to have to monitor and be careful about for the rest of his boxing career that takes him out. It's a serious situation. Obviously, follow up on that if you would. No, you're, you're absolutely correct. And, you know, we've there's a lot of incidents in boxing that could be eye-raising the fact on how events get canceled. You look at you know, oh, maybe it was poor ticket sales and, oh, the pay-per-view wasn't tracking right and all this other stuff. But, you know, the the best way to deal with boxing Twitter is to stay away from it because (laughs) a lot of people have, unfortunately, uh, too much time on their hands to get into their conspiracy theories. But, you know, Virgil Ortiz has no reason uh, to be pulling out of a fight uh, and making up a a life-threatening injury might you have it you know if, if there was a script writer behind the scenes you would think they would go for something a little bit less traumatic and serious rather than you know pull up a web md and look you know see see what catches their <laughs> see what catches their fancy there but no it, but in all seriousness you know ortiz is a can't miss uh future champion in the 140 pound 147 pound division along with jaron Enos, he has the highest ceiling in that division. And he could give hell to any one of the current champions in Jordana Sugas, Errol Spence, Terrence Crawford. And, you know, 
he could even be somewhat of a favorite against the likes of Keith Thurman and Danny Garcia. So there was no reason for him not to put himself on that platform, be a headliner for the first time in Los, uh, Los Angeles proper and really, you know, go for another knockout. His 19th in a row. You know, you mentioned at the top of the show, McKinson, only two knockouts. He's a hard, uh, he, he's not a hard hitting fighter. Uh, mm-hmm. an Englishman making his U.S. debut. Not to say he was here to lose, but, you know, like we mentioned, uh, Ortiz has been through Hooker and through Mean Machine. That's a different caliber of fighter. And I, I felt like Ortiz might have put it away in three, four rounds and really made that statement win. But unfortunately, we're not going to get a chance to see it. And all we can hope for is a quick turnaround for Ortiz because, you know, with a new trainer and a new outlook, uh, we're really going to have to see what the future looks for, looks like for him. So again, he's out of the picture. 18 consecutive knockouts to begin his career. Let's hope he gets back to health. They found an opponent, a late replacement opponent on a, on a few days notice uh, for McKenzie, but his, his bout has moved off the main event. Blair Cobbs up and coming on the undercard moves up as the, as the feature fight for DAZN and Golden Boy. So that'll be going on on Saturday night. We're interested to see uh, what happens there in that one. And I'm going to, I'm going to come back around to the other fight cards and the other action uh, uh, coming up here in a little bit. But while I have my new Kokopian here, I want to go over what Showtime announced as well earlier this week, the premium cable and online service uh, announced uh, the basically dates and locations of their upcoming fights. Uh, we, we now have a rescheduled date for the Jermel Charlo, Brian Castaño, undisputed junior middleweight world title fight. That one's going to be coming in May. It's believed it will be right back in Los Angeles. That fight, Manuk, as you know, was supposed to have been this weekend in Los Angeles. But again, Castaño has an injury, has an arm injury, a bicep injury. They believe it's going to be healed up enough for him to resume training here and be ready to go for May. So that was officially announced. And then later in the first week in June at the Barclays Center in New York, Gervonta Davis will fight Roley Romero. That's a rescheduled fight from last December. Romero was taken off the Showtime PBC pay-per-view for sexual assault allegations. He maintained his innocence, but it was still he was still removed from the pay-per-view. Nevada authorities have now cleared him, have now said we're not going to charge him. So Romero is back in the picture to fight Davis. That one coming in June, Manuk. And then now we find out Jermall Charlo will fight the uh, the Polish kind of journeyman, former world title challenger, Majek Sulaki, if I said it correctly, the Polish contender. He'll fight him later in June, likely in Houston, Texas on Showtime. All right, so I've laid out the broad strokes of all the fights that Showtime put out there. You have the buffet in front of you. What what stands out? What interests you the most? Maybe all those fights interest you, but what interests you the most right away? You know, as someone who's been to quite a few buffets in his life, specifically in Las Vegas, <laughs> out of that entire buffet, the one that you didn't mention, which is kind of sitting at the actually in the center of the, the food line, is Errol Spence, your Dana right. Zugas. Right. That, for, that, for me, 
is the biggest fight out of the And forgive me, you know, you know this. That's the biggest fight of all those fights, but we already knew that fight. We already knew that date. I was just going from the new news that they're now laying out fights and dates. But thank you. Let's begin at the beginning, as we like to do. Oh, yeah. Because that's yeah. the biggest one. Spence and Ugas at AT&T Stadium in Dallas coming up now in less than a month. Absolutely. And, TJ, I, I know you, you cover – uh, with equal passion and fervor, uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, as you do boxing. And mm -hmm. every year when that schedule is released, it's a big day for the sport, isn't it? And, yeah. and Showtime has done a great job in recent years really owning a day in boxing. And they do it about two, three times a year with their seasonal releases. And when you look at this schedule, they announced nine fights from March 26th through July 9th. And each one of these, I consider very evenly matched, entertaining fights that, you know, you're not rolling your eyes at. I'm like, oh, here we go with another mismatch. Uh, a, a couple of them I would consider a mismatch, but these are some very, very competitive fights. And, you know, when I mentioned Spenzugas, that is a very tough fight for Spence coming back from uh, an eye injury, a letdown of not having that career defining fight and potential win against Pacquiao and having to face the guy that embraced that opportunity and uh, took it away and, and beat Pacquiao. Now he's going to, now he's going to have to uh, face that challenge in a, in a three belt unification fight. You know, that's a big one. And for me, the, the most entertaining, perhaps, will be the Charlo Castaño two fight. And, you know, um, I got my pom poms out because that one's in Los Angeles in our in my backyard here. <laughs> we still don't know if it's at Staples. Oh, I said Staples. Uh, crypto. The crypto.com arena, yeah. right? I got I got to put five dollars in the jar for that one. But uh, uh, crypto.com arena and um Dignity Health and Carson, those are the two venues that are do under you put $5 in the jar now, or do you put five Bitcoins? But I'm bummed. I'll be here all <laughs> yeah, week. Like Keep that. going. I like that. Yeah, I, I'm not I'm not too up to speed on my NFT game, which is, you know, <laughs> why I'm a, I'm a young guy masked as an old geezer. But uh, for, for for that one, it's, it's going to be an entertaining fight. May 14 is... Uh, 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 it's going to be a repeat of a fight of the year contender from last year. And anyone who saw that first one, you know, Castaño gave Charlo hell in that fight and, and hurt him a few times, uh, arguably. And, you know, some of those exchanges happened towards the end of the round. And if you think Castaño had a little bit more time, he could have perhaps uh, knocked him down or hurt him even more. So I'm going to look forward to the beginning of the 13th round for that one. And hey, point, if I blank, had to... point blank, I thought Castaño won the fight. I had it 7-5. When you go back and reminisce about it, did you think Castaño live won the fight? You know, it, it, it's very hard to say. I was not scoring that fight live. Um, it was, in my opinion, a 6-6-7-5 fight, and a few of those rounds were coin flip. And anytime, you know, we, we give the judges a lot of flack for getting – scores wrong but anytime there's no gross mistakes i'm okay with that and the fact that pbc is doing the the fighters right and the fans fight by running this back immediately you got to give credit where credit is due and hopefully we have a definitive winner this time for all the belts at 154 you know tis the season for undisputed and we might have 
a third division that has one unified undisputed champion. And, and you know, th that's music to my ears because the less uh, tchotchke trophies out there in the ether, the better it is for the sport. <laughs> no doubt. And we'll see what Gervonta Davis can do with his showdown. And again, on the whole Jamal Charlo thing, uh, th there had been talk that he would fight Canelo Alvarez. Uh, that didn't materialize. Alvarez now fighting Dimitri Bivol. We think, Manuk Okopian, the whole situation uh, with the Russians attacking Ukraine. And we don't know week to week what the future is going to hold here because the scuttlebutt, by the way, again, it's rumor in Vegas is that the plug may get pulled on this fight by the powers that be, the money people that are involved with saying we can't move forward with a Russian standing to gain financially and all the publicity when the whole world is clamping down on everything with Russia and economy to put pressure on Vladimir Putin. Who knows? But in any event, Jamal Charlo doesn't, for now, have a fight with Canelo Alvarez. He doesn't have a fight with Jaime Monguia. Mongia, the number one contender at middleweight. And instead, it's a Polish contender that he's supposed to beat that's older, et cetera. I can tell that that one doesn't thrill you. It's just kind of a stay busy fight to get Jamal Charlo back in the ring, right? I mean, talk about going from the penthouse to the outhouse on this one. You go from Canelo Alvarez and a legacy-defining fight and, you know, a, a kind of payday that would require four to five fights to – fighting a Polish contender nobody asked for, you know, and, and no knock on Selecki, but, you know, Demetrius Andre, the fighter he should have been fighting potentially, washed him away just a handful of years ago. So he's fighting Demetrius Andre's uh, leftovers here right now. Yep. And, you know, th this fight is probably the weakest on this rollout. And, you know, I actually tweeted about this today. Anyone listening can go check it out on my feed. I'm at Manuka Kopian, and I retweeted a Mike Tyson clip that Mike Tyson yes. actually brought Jermall Charlo on his podcast. And, uh, you know, all kudos to Mike Tyson because I felt like that was Larry King or Geraldo Rivera right there. And he was challenging and questioning Charlie. Like, Why aren't you fighting Benavides? Why aren't you fighting Charlo? What's going on here? And, uh, yep. It was it was a great exchange, you know. Char Charlo, it, it was kind of great to see him fighting, arguing. And back he essentially, with Iron Mike. he said to him, "Then fight the next guy, fight another guy," because that's what Tyson was willing to do. His rise, his early reign. I again repeat uh, that Mike Tyson. I say this all the time. Manuk, when you go back and look, Mike Tyson fought for the heavyweight championship, defended a portion or all of the heavyweight championship seven times in eleven months. Seven times in 11 months. Now, it was a different day where you were getting paid far less to be that uh, uh, active, that frequent. But still, don't, don't, don't talk to anybody that, that knows what was going on in the 80s and the early 90s, et cetera, with these guys fighting six, seven times in a year about guys that are only wanting to fight once in a year. And that was his point to Jamal Charlo. And good on you that you were illuminating that. Yeah, and, and it's really unfortunate because there are so many more palatable fights that could be made. You know, even the likes of a Chris Eubank Jr., you know, th 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 that would be a marquee fight. Eubank Jr. was fighting on Showtime just on a Charlo undercard just a few fights ago. And, you know, these are the fights that should be made. But, you know, boxing disappoints uh, more times than it satisfies. And this is one of the fights that was announced where it disappointed me because it – 
they talked about all the marquee names and it's like, you know, you, you take me down Rodeo Drive for shopping and then you, you make a hard left and you take me to the swap meet and buy me a sweater. You know, don't, <laughs> don't, don't trick me. Don't trick me. I want, don't, don't, don't show me all the nice, shiny, expensive things and then get me a $10 hoodie because that's what we got with this fight. Listen to my man, Manuka Kopian. It's like, it's like me dealing with the 13 year olds. Uh, don't do me that way. That's another phrase that the kids today use. Don't do me that way. Uh, but there we go. Uh, all right. Uh, so there's the Showtime announcement uh, as we kind of go along here uh, chronologically. Interesting um, that we're getting all kinds of different fight announcements. I mentioned the Canelo B-Bowl. I've not had you on to talk about the latest with the heavyweight situation, which is Tyson Fury back in the ring with Dillian White. We have a fight date for April at Wembley Stadium, where they're going to have in excess of 85000 there for Fury's return to the U.K., first fight there in over four years. Scale of 1 to 10. Uh, 10, you are as interested as anything possible. 1, you do not care whatsoever. You come in at what number on Fury White? It is, after all, the heavyweights. 10 plus. 10 this plus. is Absolutely. Dillian White is a serious contender. And the fact that he got dropped and popped by Povetkin, you know, th th that's what the heavyweight division is all about. Fury's been dropped a handful of times throughout his career as well, too. He got dropped in his last fight with Deontay Wilder. So th this is, as we all know, one punch changes the game in the heavyweight picture. Dillian White has been a world-class contender in the likes with the best fighters in the division. And everyone knows that he's earned his right to fight Tyson Fury, whether or not it, it, he deserves the purse and the way he's handled things, that's another question. But this fight in that arena, 90,000 at Wembley Stadium, it's going to be electric. Nothing gets my juices flowing on a Saturday afternoon than watching, an after, watching a fight in the UK uh, that has these magnificent crowds and, and this atmosphere because we don't get that in the United States. Uh, Canelo is the only person who has come close to creating those kind of atmospheres. As we all know, he set the record last year mm -hmm. for the indoor attendance record. And, uh, you know, his, his pre-fight entrances are a thing of its own, but it's different in the UK and the atmosphere and fans are different in the UK. But I expect for this to be a tough fight, whether it ends in a knockout or a decision, I don't know. It's the heavyweights. Hopefully it ends in a knockout and it's definitive, but it's an interesting fight. It's a great fight. And uh, at the end of the day, Dillian White is a top five contender in the division. And I have no qualms or queries about uh, that fight being made. So hopefully we get a good April 23 showdown on that one. But I'll be glued to my TV absolutely on that one. Manu Kokopian giving me some great insight. Uh, on what he believes about some of these fights coming up as he hangs here on the Big Fight Weekend podcast for a few more moments. I appreciate his time. All right, um, a couple of more. So we've got fights this weekend. The top-ranked show is really a prospect uh, show. Edgar Berlanga 
the chosen one, as he's known, is back in the ring, headlining at Madison Square Garden, fulfilling a dream for him, a guy that began his career with, what, 16 first-round knockouts in a row in succession. He's now had some tougher competition and had to go to the distance in the last couple of fights, and in the the last fight that he was in actually suffered an injury. So Berlanga is the headliner against the veteran Steve Rolls, who's most known uh, recently for having been flattened by Gennady Golovkin, by Triple G, in in a recent recent uh, battle um, at middleweight this at super middleweight that's the top rank ESPN show for Saturday quick thoughts Manuk and, and the interest in this absolutely this is one of uh, top ranks uh, prized possessions Edgar Berlanga is they have a history of developing Puerto Rican fighters or Puerto Rican uh, 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 fighters of Puerto Rican heritage mm-hmm. and Berlanga is just one of the next fighters. And for me, I'm curious how he's going to develop. This is his first coming out party at the, it is at the theater, but it is at MSG in his backyard. And out of every boxing promotion out there, top rank arguably is the best at developing this young talent. All, all that credit goes single-handedly to Bruce Trampler and Brad Goodman, two of the best developers of young talent in the game. And Berlinga is one of their projects. Yes, he was tested in his last fight against Marcelo Caceres. He got dropped in the ninth round. He he basically won, uh, I have the scores at the top of my mind, 96-93 with all three judges. So it was a close fight. And Coceres gave Billy Joe Saunders hell in a fight a few years ago that I was ringside, uh, a, a fight of which he was uh, Billy Joe Saunders was actually losing when he knocked on the points when he knocked down. So, you know, he, he's getting in there with better competition. Is Rolls a world, a world beater? No, but Berlinga, this is a great test for top rank to see whether or not there's anything there for him to continue building up. And I think it should be another great performance. I'm seeing him getting back into the knockout column after the the last two were not and predicting the six round knockout on this one. All right. And we'll see what happens with that show. Uh, Also Probellum entertainment has begun to ramp up their promotion, their coverage, et cetera. And uh, Probellum will have a world title uh, bout involving IBF flyweight champion, Sonny Edwards of England making a second title defense against a Pakistani challenger, Mohammed Wasim. That is Saturday afternoon, U.S. time, Saturday late morning Pacific time, where Manuk is Dubai, what, eight hours ahead of U.S. Eastern time. Uh, the undercard fight, the co-feature fight with Regis Progray and Irishman Tyrone McKenna uh, fighting. That also intrigues us with Progray maybe going to get back in the mix, maybe for a rematch with Josh Taylor uh, the 140-pound undisputed champion. Uh, thoughts there real quick, Manuk? What do you like? Yeah, I mean, uh, just jumping right off with Progray, you know, he had that great fight of the year contender against Joss Taylor a few years ago as part of the World Boxing Super Series finale. Of course, fight of the year contender, very close. And it was a star-making performance for Taylor, but a kind of loss that, only gain more fans for Progray. And unfortunately, he hasn't really been up against the caliber of fighters that could equal anyone to the likes of Taylor. Yes, he's made some great money. He has a, a savvy managerial team that is getting him 
uh, great paydays with very low risk. So, um, and he's fought on he's fought on Triller, he's fought on uh, Showtime. So the, he's he's kind of like this network free agent at the same time. Now he's fighting on Probellum after signing a promotional deal there. Uh, I'm looking for him to have a very definitive performance in this one and then really put himself front and center and back into the world title picture. It looks like Josh Taylor's days are numbered in that division. So we could very well soon see all four belts vacated and a free-for-all between the likes of Jose Ramirez, Jose Zapata, Subriel Matias, Arnold Barboza. Those are just you know some of the top five contenders in that division. And Regis would be number one, undoubtedly. And he could put himself back into the world title picture. So he's coming back down to 140 pounds. I don't know how long he could continue making 140 pounds, but he might get another crack at a title in the division before jumping up into one of the hottest divisions, which is 147. All right. We'll see what happens with that fight card again in Dubai from Pro Bellum. Uh, Edwards, not a big puncher, only four knockouts to his credit. He's more of a, a boxer, uh, a flash guy, hit, don't get hit. We'll see if Wasim, the Pakistani, can challenge him or not in that world title fight. Pro Gray can hit. Pro Gray's got 22 knockouts and 26 wins. So we'll see what he looks like on the co-feature uh, as well. So lots on the boxing this weekend. Before I let you go, uh, I believe I know I know you know this because I told you, but I, I'm big on the nostalgia on the site, bigfightweekend.com. This, my friend, on the night that we're talking is the 32nd anniversary of one of the most dramatic and controversial stoppages in the final seconds of any world title fight that you could ever see. Hall of Famer Julio Cesar Chavez uh, stopping Meldrick Taylor while trailing on the scorecards. Confirmed after the fight, he was losing on the cards, and even with the knockdown at the end of the 12th and final round, he was going to lose the fight on a decision had Richard Steele not waved the fight off with fewer than five seconds remaining with Meldrick Taylor bloodied, stunned in the corner, but maybe able to survive the bell, you know, the bell ringing in five seconds. All right. So I've set the table there, Manuk. What do you know? What do you remember about that? I may be a little older than you. I remember that so vividly what happened in the controversy around it with Steele's stoppage. But uh, uh, jump in here on the nostalgia of a of a great, dramatic, controversial memory in boxing. No, absolutely, TJ. Uh, I remember like it was yesterday, March 17, 1990. I was three and a half years old. You know, <laughs> I, 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 had, I had just I had just uh, gotten my paycheck and bought the pay-per-view. No. Right. <laughs> it, 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 you know, this is one of the fights, obviously, that I came back around to once I reached my boxing fandom. And it was one of those fights where, you know, Julio Cesar Chavez has two fights in his career where he robbed the other opponent. One was against Pernell Whitaker, and this yep. one was against uh, Meldrick Taylor. The judges robbed uh, Whitaker. The referee robbed uh, Taylor and it's it's a very unfortunate scene it's, it's one of the the big moments in boxing over the last 30 years that you know it's like boxing has a lot of you know the WTF moments this was mm -hmm. one of them where it's like what is happening here you know you have to be you know uh, 
you're a football guy. You know this. Madden has situational awareness. Richard Steele's situational awareness on that one was a, a zero rating. Well, and, and they he, and they end up changing the rules at the end of uh, at the end of fights. They end up making a point of emphasis for for referees and officials to be aware when they hear that banging, that clap, that thump thump, that there's ten seconds to go. That now you're essentially on a knockdown, banned from stopping the fight. If a fighter gets up during the count in the final 10 seconds, you're no longer allowed to do that. And it comes, it stems from that Richard Steele stoppage, essentially, uh, where, uh, again, it can call into question that uh, that you're robbing, that's the right word, a guy that's maybe winning conventionally. The bigger, the bigger point in this is Chavez, Chavez heroically rallied in the final few rounds of that fight to even make it a close fight because Meldrick Taylor dominated him for the first eight, seven, eight rounds. And Meldrick Taylor, unfortunately, to his detriment, was too noble, uh, maybe too stupid, and just stood in front of him in the final round, pounding and trading blows with him when he should have been staying away from him, Manuk. That's the common sense reply to that because he had the fight won. You can never say never on the judging, but he had the fight won, but he stood in front of Chavez and let Chavez pound him and knock him down and set the stoppage up is my point. What's your response to that? Yeah, it's, it's really unfortunate because Taylor's career was never the same afterwards. We all know he fought Chavez again in 94 and he got stopped. Uh, that one had the definitive uh, result that everyone was looking for. But for this one, it's like, what are we doing here, Richard Steele? It's the, um, this is not the eighth or ninth round where it's like right. you're, you're suspecting that Taylor's going to – take unnecessary damage uh, for moving forward. The fight's over in two seconds. The official time was 2.58, meaning two more seconds of him standing there staring into the ceiling and the fight would have been stopped. And it's really unfortunate because Meldrick Taylor was one of the can't-miss stars of the 80s. And unfortunately, after that fight, it just never was the same. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's one of the, the tragic stories in boxing of what could have been. I, I believe uh, Steele was sincere that he was unaware that there were only two seconds left. And again, the mechanisms are in place to hear that, that, that loud thump, that clap with 10 seconds to go. And a lot of times in arenas now, they will have a red light that is flashing, almost like the hockey goal light that's flashing, that is saying to everybody, this is the final 10 seconds of a round. And that, it was not there, I don't believe, that night. Or if it was, it wasn't prominent enough for him to see it. But still, it's one of the great controversies. It's a great win for Chavez. It goes down as a TKO stoppage and a championship win that is remembered. And here we are talking about it four decades later, by the way, what happened with the Hall of Famer Julio Cesar Chavez. And you're absolutely right. Unfortunately for Meldrick Taylor, that fight took most or everything out of him. He was never the same uh, after that and fought on way too long, suffering, uh, suffering more damage, head trauma, et cetera, uh, in the ring after that. Too sad and too common that we see that. Uh, in boxing, it's still a great moment, and it's great to go back and look at nostalgia and watch that, watch that fight uh, on YouTube, etc. Uh, the legendary night series, the thirty-minute legendary night series, the recap of the old HBO boxing with Jim Lampley going back and reliving that. I still remember Lampley screaming, "Manuka Kopian, Richard Steele has stopped this fight with fewer than five seconds remaining." He's screaming. Uh, it was it was wild, 
and Chavez got his hand raised that night, but we do love the nostalgia. I also love this man's insight. Let me let you plug away one more time before you're out of here. Where do we read you? Where do we find you? Social media, all of it. Uh, go ahead, sir. Oh, thank you for the platform, TJ. Again, Manuka Kopian, M-A-N-O-U-K-A-K-O-P-Y-A-N. And as I always like to say, common spelling, of course. And, <laughs> uh, and you can find my work on BoxingScene.com uh, on a daily basis in LA Times, uh, uh, the Los Angeles Times for all the big fights. And You're going to you know, be all over that Ryan Garcia fight coming in early April. Oh, yeah. up here in a couple I was, of weeks. I was at... Uh, uh, thanks for reminding me. I was actually at Golden Boy Promotions headquarters in downtown Los Angeles a couple of weeks ago uh, for boxing scene. And I got a chance to talk with Ryan Garcia, Oscar De La Hoya, Emmanuel to go. So uh, I have a lot of stories coming and uh, I'll be covering all angles of that fight, covering every piece of the storyline. So stay tuned for that. Love it. Love this man's insight. Thank you for giving me so much time. You were generous with your time on the Big Fight Weekend podcast. Have a great weekend. We look forward to all the fights uh, that are going to unfold. Promise me I get to bother you again down the road here with a bunch of different fights that are going to be interesting. Championship fights. The sport will really ramp up April, uh, April to May, May to June. Look forward to it, and we look forward to reading more from Manuka Kopian as well, LA Times and BoxingScene.com. Manuk, thank you on the Big Fight Weekend podcast. Thank you very much, TJ. Looking forward to the next one. But first, we're brought to you by our friends at WinBet. If you're ready to win money and boost your odds, WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, and coming soon to Louisiana. We're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to the online sports betting and casino play with exclusive rewards right at your fingertips. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports from the NFL, the NBA, Major League Baseball, the NHL, golf, MMA, WNBA, college football, college basketball, and much more. And WinBet is now offering the Bet the Underdog special. Bettors will receive a $25 free bet for every $50 winning wager on dogs greater than plus 300. That's a $25 bet. That's a free $25 bet on top of your winnings. And patrons who wager at least $500 in the first and second round of the tournament Earn one more entry into a drawing for a trip to win Las Vegas. Offer subject to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where play through winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. There we go. Love that insight from out on the West Coast and on scene from Manuka Kopian. We will come back with some fight picks. Hang in there with us whether it is the Sonny Edwards World Flyweight title defense coming Saturday afternoon that we were just talking about in Dubai, Saturday afternoon, U.S. time, uh, whether it's Edgar Berlanga headlining the top-ranked show in New York, uh, and even this mess of a Golden Boy promotion show in Los Angeles. We'll have some odds. We'll have some fight picks. All of that still to come. Stay with us. Hey, we're also brought to you in part by Stable Duel. There are never enough things to gamble on, and one sport that runs 365 days a year is horse racing. And the best part is now there's a new way to play the ponies, especially if you're brand new to the sport. Check out Stable Duel, a daily fantasy-style app where you can play free 
and paid games for real cash prizes. Pick your horses, build your stable, and play against others to move up the leaderboard. Win as much as $15,000 with one entry. And this Saturday, they even have a $40,000 contest. If you don't know anything about horses, not to worry. The app gives you clear data on which horses to select to build your best strategy. The app is free to download at StableDuel.com. Multiple games are offered each day. Free games weekly at all tracks all over the United States. Get the app, create the account, start building your stable today. Invite your friends to play against you or play against other stables. You can even follow them on the app and compare your own stats to theirs. Download it now, StableDuel.com, and see how many winners you can pick in your stable. See you in the winner's circle. Play, race, win with StableDuel. And we're brought to you in part by PropSwap, where America buys and sells their sports bets. The March to Madness is right around the corner, and PropSwap is your place to cash in for the big dance. Every season, prop swappers make thousands of dollars by simply buying and selling college basketball teams. And now is the time to find those Cinderella's while the odds are really high. So get into your sports book, buy a handful of tickets, and then just list them on PropSwap. Remember, only one team needs to make a run, and that ticket will pay for the rest. Every season, prop swappers make thousands of dollars by simply buying and selling college basketball teams. For example, Zach from California purchased a Tennessee championship ticket on prop swap at 40 to 1 odds. And the sports books are only offering 25 to 1 odds right now. The Vols red hot off of that win in the SEC tournament looking really good with a 40 to 1 ticket. PropSwap has thousands of buyers across the country, so you'll always find the best odds and collect the most money for your bets. Hurry up, download the free PropSwap app today. It has fantastic features like filtering listed tickets based on the best value, a free activity feed to stay in the know with all the big sales and the red-hot tickets that are for sale, a loyalty rewards program that turns your ticket sales into extra bonus cash, and a first deposit cash match using our promo code SGP on your first deposit. And PropSwap will match that deposit up to $500. Join real sports bettors on PropSwap. That's where America buys and sells sports bets. Hey, we're also giving away $3,000 in the Ultimate March Madness Handicapping Contest, the D-Gen Dance. Start March Madness with $10,000 in credits, using them to bet on your favorite March Madness bets. And whoever has the most credits when March Madness ends wins the $2,500 and $500 for second and all of it's exclusively in the SGPN app. If you're looking for a sweet SGPN hoodie, every day in March Madness that the games are being played, we'll be giving away one of those hoodies. Just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash merchandise. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash merchandise. And enter that sportsgamblingpodcast.com March Merchandise Contest to get the hoodie. Hey, spring is sprung, and our friends at Manscaped have the best tools for some spring cleaning for your pants. Trust me, your confidence will be blooming like the flowers this upcoming spring. Time to clear out that winter brush and join the other 4 million men who trust Manscaped. And use our promo code SGP and get 20% off, plus free shipping at manscaped.com. They're the global leaders in below-the-waist grooming. They forever change the grooming game with their amazing performance package 4.0. It has the ball care bundle. 
You've got the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, the Crop Retriever Toner, Performance Boxer Briefs, and a travel bag to hold all of the goodies. Complete that grooming game with the refined cologne signature scent by Manscaped. This stuff is legit, and they'll have you smelling like royalty. And if you purchase now, you get two more free gifts, the Performance Boxers and the Shed Travel Bag. Plus, get 20% off and free shipping with our code SGP at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off. Free shipping. The code is SGP at Manscaped.com. It's time to throw out the old hygiene habits. Upgrade your life with Manscaped and the promo code SGP. And a reminder, the SGPN app is right there live now in the App Store and the Google Play Store. This app gives you easy access to all of our picks, all of our podcasts, everything in the content from the SGPN family of shows and everything that's going on on the app. Don't forget, give us an app review. Download the SGPN app today in the App Store and the Google Play Store. Look for us. It's the SGPN app. We're back on Big Fight Weekend. Now, here's your host, TJ Reeves. We are back in one final time here on the only show that you need, podcast that you need to catch you up on everything in boxing, including the historical perspective. I'm a somewhat capable host. We've got March Madness basketball going on. There's obviously going to be time for the fights all day Saturday and Saturday night. We'll be all over it on the website, bigfightweekend.com, preview mode and the recap mode, etc. You know, just back to the nostalgia one more time with the Julio Cesar Chavez upset of Meldrick Taylor. Um, Again, iconic moments in boxing. That fight was only a month after the Mike Tyson upset loss in Tokyo where Buster Douglas knocked him out. And how about those two fights were back-to-back on HBO? I convey to the younger fan that's listening, to the ones that don't know and don't appreciate how big a deal that HBO boxing was in the 1980s and the early 90s. That was the place. Pay-per-view basically wasn't that big of a deal. HBO seemingly always had the biggest fights, certainly the biggest heavyweight title fights, certainly the biggest fights in the lower weight classes. They were always on HBO, either live or tape delay. Now, obviously, Hagler Hearns, Hagler Leonard, they had some pay-per-view. Eventually, Mike Tyson in the late 80s was going the way of pay-per-view for some of his fights, but they became such one-sided fights, they couldn't do pay-per-view anymore. HBO would do the deal and have it exclusively on their pay-premium cable service. Uh, and you got to remember, satellite TV wasn't that big of a deal in the in the uh, late 80s and the early 90s. But, <clears throat> man, in that time frame, these back-to-back fights of Douglas uh, upsetting Mike Tyson, and then a month later, the next fight on HBO the following month was this dramatic come-from-behind win for Julio Cesar Chavez, uh, the Mexican hero, the eventual Hall of Famer, the multi-division world champ. You can't convey how dramatic that was, how crazy that was. Remember, the internet wouldn't be invented for a few more years. So you had this this crazy dramatic fight. Sports radio was just becoming a big deal in the late 80s and the early 90s. Um, it, it It was a different time. But that fight was talked about. That controversy of Richard Steele stopping it was talked about for so long in and around that bout. And again, they changed the rules now that a fight cannot be stopped Uh, by the referee in the final 10 seconds after a knockdown. 
uh, that it is very clear with a blinking light. It is very clear when they give that that boom, boom, that signal you hear. That's to let the referee and everybody else know that if there is a knockdown here in the final 10 seconds and the fighter gets up, which Meldrick Taylor clearly does in that video, you can't stop the fight because there's not enough time for you to wave the other fighter in and for the fight to be over. And I get fighter safety and not taking one more devastating punch or whatever, but you look at that stoppage, it happened with two seconds left, as Manuka Kopian was saying, our guest uh, from BoxingScene.com and the LA Times, there's two seconds left in the fight. It was crazy. Again, I don't believe there there was belief at that time that maybe somehow the fix was in, that Richard Steele was in on that. There was, I guess, some kind of brief investigation by the Nevada Commission. He's a Hall of Fame referee. Uh, He refereed some of the biggest bouts of the 80s and the 90s, and and there's nothing that says uh, that Richard Steele was doing anything other than trying to protect Meldrick Taylor. He's right there two feet in front of him looking at a bloody, swollen face Meldrick Taylor concussed after being knocked down, and, and he sincerely wanted to save him from any more punishment. He was just unaware, oblivious, that it was the end of the fight and that Taylor deserved while on his feet to hear the bell two seconds later and then potentially get the decision. And that would have been Chavez's first loss. And Chavez won, uh, I believe, 85 fights in a row, 85 in a row to start his career, including like 15 title fights, including that one, in a row to start his career before finally uh, Oscar De La Hoya uh, ended up beating him and, and, and Frankie Randall beat him first. Frankie the Surgeon Randall beat him first after over 85 straight wins and upset him. Eventually, Oscar De La Hoya beat him twice. Chavez, the Hall of Famer, that could have been his first loss, though, that night to Meldrick Taylor. Not the case. If you can't tell, I love the nostalgia and all about this. All right, as promised, for our friends at Sports Gambling Podcast and the short-term investing, we do have these shows that are coming up uh, this weekend. Let's take a look at the odds and give you some fight picks. Regis Progre, again, back in the ring, fighting Irishman Tyrone McKenna. As part of St. Patrick's Day weekend, where else in Dubai, in the United Arab Emirates, in the in the Middle East? Now, that's where they're having this fight. This is Saturday afternoon U.S. time, depending on your time zone. Saturday night prime time, Dubai again, eight hours ahead of U.S. Eastern time. Progray is a twenty-five to one favorite to win over McKenna, and I like him uh, by knockout. Uh, potentially as well. Uh, in fact, he's laying uh, minus 450. He's laying four and a half to one to win by knockout over McKenna. McKenna, not a big puncher. So uh, this fight is also uh, minus 500 to end in a KO. It is plus 330 to go the distance. I like Regis Progre, the former WBA world champion at uh, junior welterweight. And I think he'll be right back in the picture uh, at junior welterweight as well. The main event Again, Sonny Edwards' second IBF flyweight title defense comes against the Pakistani challenger. We don't know a lot um, about Mohammed Wasim, but that is his name. Sonny Edwards, minus 1,600 to win. Again, he's not a big knockout guy, only four career knockouts. So this is more of a boxer. This is more of a guy looking to win at distance. Wasim is plus 750. He's got a few knockouts in a 12-1 and record. Uh, I, I would be inclined this one to go the distance and Sonny Edwards to get a decision win. That's what everybody believes would happen. Edwards is minus 1,600 to win in this IBF flyweight world title defense in Dubai. Saturday afternoon, U.S. time, Saturday night, prime time in the U.K. He's a popular small weight fighter in the U.K. Let's see how he does. As we move to the U.S., 
the fight card in New York that has Edgar Berlanga, the chosen one, headlining. Berlanga, as you can imagine, heavy favorite, minus 1,400 to knock out Steve Rolls. And in this fight early, Berlanga minus 1,400 to win on the knockout prop uh, for Berlanga uh, in this fight. Uh, he is minus 400 as well to win by KO or stoppage. And he's plus 900, interestingly, to win it in the first round. Again, Berlanga began his career uh, with 16 consecutive first-round knockouts. About that, plus 900 to get a first-round KO over Rolls. And Gennady Golovkin did knock Rolls flat. Uh, he rolled him out and knocked him out a couple of years ago on his way to regaining a portion of the middleweight championship. That was a non-title fight. Let's see what happens there in the main event of that one. And again, for the DAZN Golden Boy uh, show, um, they have been scrambling trying to find an opponent for Michael McKinson. It's not much to even think about or talk about wagering on. Uh, Blair Cobbs is in the now main event. Cobbs, an unbeaten fighter fighting out of Las Vegas. And he is actually the underdog against veteran Alexis Rocha. Uh, Cobbs uh, plus 170 might be worth a look as the underdog to win that fight and stay undefeated. Again, he's more of a prospect, but they had to elevate somebody. And, and Cobbs is a good talk, a good talker, a good talker. And let's let's see if he sells this a little bit and gets a, a win over Rocha. Again, those fights will be on the DAZN streaming service Saturday night. Golden Boy Promotions in Los Angeles. Cobbs is the underdog against Rocha in the welterweight main event in that one. All right, so a little fight picks here to end up the show. That'll do it for this edition of the Big Fight Weekend Podcast. Thanks again to Manuka Kopian of the LA Times and BoxingScene.com for sharing some time with me. I'm anxious for all of these fight cards, especially uh, the ones that are coming in April. Cannot wait for them. One big one after another, including Tyson Fury defending the WBC uh, version of the heavyweight championship against uh, Dillian White. But he mentioned that Errol Spence, uh, Ugas unification battle at welterweight at 147 pounds. We've got that coming in April as well. Fantastic shows there, and uh, we'll wait to see how all of this plays out uh, for this weekend again from Dubai to New York to Los Angeles with all these different uh, fight cards. All right, uh, next weekend, by the way, is the United States debut of Tim Zhu, the Australian. Zhu, the uh, unbeaten junior middleweight contender, uh, maybe in line for a shot at the winner of Jamel Charlo, Brian Castaño for the undisputed junior middleweight championship coming in May. Zhu makes his U.S. debut in Minneapolis against American veteran Terrell Gauchet. We'll talk some about that fight next week. ESPN has got a fight card show for top-ranked boxing involving former world champ Mer- uh, Miguel Burchelt. Burchelt, uh, former lightweight Former junior lightweight world champ will be in action in a non-title fight for ESPN top rank. Um, and uh, also DeZone has the rematch, the Kiko Martinez rematch with Josh Warrington for the IBF featherweight championship. Martinez scored a dramatic upset knockout of the popular Warrington. That'll be a rematch next weekend for the DeZone matchroom boxing show that'll be taking place. All those fights next weekend that we'll be writing about in the preview mode, talking about on the podcast. A reminder again, however you found us, social media link, whatever, subscribe to this podcast. You find Big Fight Weekend on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you get podcasts. Find us on uh, podcasts, and again, find the site, bigfightweekend.com. We write in the preview mode, the recap mode. We'll have previews and recaps of the fights this weekend. Again, for Sonny Edwards' title defense, flyweight title defense, Berlanga back in the ring off the injury. How will he look as a super middleweight, unbeaten prospect for top-ranked boxing? And again, will Blair Cobbs look good in the Golden Boy DAZN 
fight card in Los Angeles. Recaps of all of it on BigFightWeekend.com. Much more on the Big Fight Weekend podcast coming next week. For now, we are good. I am merely T.J. Reeves. In and around all the, the upsets and the mayhem of March in college basketball, we do have boxing, and we're all about it on the Big Fight Weekend podcast. And read the site, BigFightWeekend.com. Bye.